Yeah, no, not shocked. <laughs> not at all. Let's talk about it. Here we go. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down! creates and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. And we're back. Welcome back to the show. Episode 439 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis we also do MMA, um, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. I'm your host, RJ. You know where to find me on social media. Listen, man, let's get into it. Um, yeah, it, it. the Knicks lose 116.95 in Phoenix earlier this afternoon. Um, bad. Boring, bad, pathetic effort, unintelligent basketball, and that'll get you a Knicks loss. Um, the first half was competitive. You know, they were battling. They stayed within single digits for the most part in the first half. Uh, the defense was fine. You know, they even crawled within one point. They may have actually, they might, there might have been a brief point late first half, sometime in the second quarter, where the Knicks even had a lead. Um, but, I, I saw, I did see more miscues, especially in the first quarter tonight on defense. That kind of indicated to me, unless they tighten up, it's going to be a bad night. And so, what do you know? The Knicks did not tighten up on defense, and those miscues here and there became the entire game. Uh, and it was a bad night. The turning point of the game was obviously in the third quarter. Uh, the third quarter of Doom, which has been a Knicks thing for a few years now, at least. You know, when the Knicks, there's a point in this game in the third quarter uh, where the Knicks, it was like midway through maybe, the Knicks surrendered back-to-back-to-back threes to Bridges, Torrey Craig, and Devin Booker. And then DeAndre Ayton gets like a jump hook to go or something, and the Knicks called the timeout. That right there was when I knew this game was over. That's when it, that's, you know, like we often talk about, how the Knicks, they may know how to 
play a tight game for a long time. But once they lose a lead or once that tight game becomes a little more looser, they don't know how to stop the bleeding. There are very very few instances where the Knicks have lost a lead or, or have let a team go on a big run where they've been able to stop it this season. Um, they, they are very bad at stopping the bleeding. And, you know, part of that is because they don't have a guy. They don't have a star. But that was the moment. The Knicks were not able to stop the bleeding, and that's where the game got out of hand. Before that little run, it was a three-point game. The Knicks were down by just three points. As soon as that run happened, the Suns were up by 11 points, 75-64. So you may, I may as well, I should have just turned my TV off there. Should have hit exit on Fubo, turned the TV off. Because I knew, you knew, we all knew it was over there. And so by the fourth quarter, we were a few minutes in and it was already garbage time. You know, the reserves ended up checking in a little later in the period and the Knicks would lose by 21 points in this basketball game. So, when you ask me what I want for Christmas, Mom, or Santa Claus, Dad, whoever, I want to know what this Knicks team is. And I want to know what their direction is. All right. So if you can have that for me, Santa Dolan, Santa Leon Rose, that'd be phenomenal. Give us an identity by then. You know. But this is probably their identity. Let's be real. We've talked about it. They're a 500 team. We'll get into all that as we usually do. Maybe more towards the end. Um, the defense. And you know, part of the reason why they're... Not a great team is is the defense. And tonight the defense was... Oh, it was such bullshit. And I'm getting tired of, of talking about the defense and the flaws to the defense specifically, what they are, because that's partly why I feel like this podcast sucks. Because it's so repetitive. Because we still we always talk about the same shit. But it's the Knicks' fault. It's not only me. It's just disgusting. It's disgusting. Wide open shots, guys. Wide open shots. People say that all the time as an exaggeration. The Knicks actually leave guys seven plus feet open all the time. Tory Craig was in an open gym today. The number of times where nobody was even in the same building as this guy was an uh, it was unbelievable. Miles or was it Miles Bridges this one? Bridges. He had that open look from the corner. It was like towards the end of the third with two or so minutes left. He has an open three in the corner when I, nobody was even on strong side. Everybody was on the weak side of the court. There wasn't even a Nick around. I don't even think the Knicks knew where the ball was. He was so wide open, and he ends up missing it. So the best part after he misses is there are four Knicks near the basket as soon as Bridges misses. There are four Knicks around the rim just standing there. Not one of them boxes out. Not one of them is attacking the glass, you know, jumping and pursuing the rebound. They just stand there. And so instead, DeAndre Ayton comes from out of thin air, snags it, and puts it back. 
So if your TV wasn't off by that, uh, those back-to-back-to-back threes, I hope it was off by then. Just no effort today. None. Zero effort. Zero effort to box out. Zero effort to close out. Randall was abysmal defensively. The rotations, as a t- the team, the rotations were not quick enough to beat out those perimeter swing passes. Just like in Golden State. And as soon as things got tough in the third quarter, the Knicks quit. They quit. You could see it. And that possession with Bridges, with Aiton, was the one that screamed it out loud to you. We quit. So the eye test told you the truth. Uh, you look at the paper, the Knicks lost the rebounding battle 60-39. to 39. That's effort right there. I refreshed the page on NBA.com three times to make sure that was correct because sometimes they have some glitches. Nope, it was correct. They also lost the second chance points battle down there 19-11. They weren't rebounding. Rebounding is an effort aspect of the game. But listen, this scheme, this scheme that we all so often talk about, it's got to go. This drop coverage garbage is awful. We are getting gutted on the arc. The Suns knocked down 17 three-pointers today at a 44% clip. And it still feel like it should have been more because they missed plenty of wide-open three-pointers in the first half. Wide open. I just don't understand the philosophy because you've got two, now two, now that Robinson is healthy, you've got two very good rim protectors down in the paint in Mitchell Robinson and in Jericho Sims. You know they can guard the paint with the best of them. So why does he think it's necessary to collapse on every drive? Why does he think it's necessary? Why do guys have to cheat and take two, three, sometimes four, at least it feels like, steps inside the uh, paint off their man on the perimeter every drive? Why? And where have these adjustments been? Because it's been the same strategy, if you can even call it that, all year. It's been an abomination all year defensively. The defense has been terrible. Not average. Not bad. Not terrible. I wouldn't even call it terrible. Uh, not even disgusting. I would say the defense has been a... Let's see if I can find an adjective. It's been a vile, repulsive, very cynical abomination. It has. It is not fair... That us as fans have to watch this and then watch them make no adjustments to try and change this. How about some adjustments? How about a zone defense? Run a 2-3 out there. I know that's vulnerable to giving up to 3, but this isn't working. Why not just change it up? And when that doesn't work, you change it again. How about some junk defenses where you mix it up? The combo defense? How about a press defense? Full court, half court. Maybe switch less. How about some box and one coverage? We got four guys on the different parts of the paint. And then one guy, you know, I, I just something. We got to do something different because what we've got going right now ain't going. It was awful. And it continues to be awful. And I'm a little tired of it. A little bit. 
Ah. Um. <laughs> offensively, it's not like they were much better. They were pretty shit offensively the Knicks. They were. Let's be honest here. 95 points. I mean, just look at the last two games. The way that the offenses, the opposing offenses have played against them. Look at the way their offenses run. Look at how Golden State and Phoenix play offensively. It's a, a work of art. It is something you need to take notes on. Golden State is out there cutting. They're they're out there doing sprints off the damn ball. They're running suicides when they don't have the ball in their hand. Phoenix, same thing. Incredibly well job moving off the ball today. Incredibly well job moving the ball around the perimeter so well, much like Golden State. They share it. Phoenix, they were sharing the ball. Six different guys were in double figures, if that doesn't tell you. Payne, 21. Booker, 20. Damian Lee, 15. Torrey Craig, 14. Bridges had 13, and Aiton had 13. The Suns made 43 baskets today, and 35 of them were assisted. They had 35 assists on 43 makes. That means 81% of their makes came off assists. So that means less than 20% came in 1v1 ball. And even some of those baskets that weren't assisted were set up by some great ball movement. And this is still without Chris Paul. The Nick offense was the total opposite. There was no ball movement. There was no off-ball movement from any of these guys. Mitchell Robinson still can't set a screen in year four. Other than Grimes' eight assists, no other Nick had more than three. Brunson had three and everybody else had two. Or less. The only positive offensively is that they seem to be getting to the line lately and hitting their free throws. But goddamn, is this team ever going to be semi-average from three-point land? Christ, you got to be able to hit your threes. Because if you can't guard the three-pointer to save your life, and you cannot shoot the three-pointer to save your life, you are not going to have a life in this league. You're not going to last. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Speaking of, of poor performances, Randall and Barrett looked very brutal today. And why do I start there? I'm not picking on anybody, but they are they're the two highest paid players on the team. They're the two money makers, they're the breadwinners, whatever you want to call it. That's why I'm I'm singling them out. Um Randall had nine points. Nine points. He had nothing to offer on either end of the floor. Looked like he couldn't care less. No energy. He got cooked on defense, being very lazy, and refusing to make the effort to close out. You had him building campfires in the paint tonight while Craig was just sitting there waiting for the ball in the corner on the wing for three. Randall overhelping on literally nobody for no reason. So there's nobody to help on, and he's just there. Nobody's even driving. He's just standing in the paint for no reason. There was a possession, I think, first half, where Randall almost let a loose ball go to the other team and nobody was even around. There was a loose ball and he almost lost it because he refused to dive on the floor for it. He was doing everything he could to try to get it without diving. 
And somebody from Phoenix almost took it from him, but he ends up getting it. And I would have screamed. I was on the verge of screaming because if he, I almost wanted him to lose it so I could scream and feel good. But how ironic is that? That like not even three games later, we're talking about Randall not diving on the floor for a ball when literally the game in Denver was the reason we won. But that's what we're talking about, man. Like that's what we need from him more often. And today he shows us why we were so frustrated with him, right? And offensively, it's not like he made up for it because he was completely shut down by Craig and Bridges. But yeah, you wonder why like the 10% of Knicks fans that are like pro super Randall wonder why the other side wants him traded so bad, right? They'll point to the 20 points, 10 rebounds, three or four assists. Yeah. But there, I mean, you can look around this league's history. There've been plenty of guys in the NBA who put up numbers, but have never won a damn thing in their lives because they don't make the winning plays. They're simply not efficient. They don't play a lot of defense. They're not team play type of guys. You know, I mean, look at Carmelo, you know, look at Westbrook, Harden. Those have been guys who've had that reputation. They have had some incredible careers when you look at their individual resumes, right? They've done some really fantastic things statistically, scoring wise. But there's, there's, you know, I, I do believe there's, there's a, there's something to say about neither of them having a championship at this moment in their careers. It's not all on them. I think it's overblown at some point. But, like, those guys have some huge flaws that hold them back from being that winner, that killer winner. Right? For Melo, we know it's it, it was always the defense. It was the shot chucking, the inefficiency, the iso ball, right? James Harden, kind of the same thing. Uh, the turnovers for Harden in the playoffs. Westbrook just being completely reckless and selfish in big moments. And, you know, you had Andrew Wiggins, uh, same type of player until he got to Golden State. But, there, you know, even if you don't think those guys are losing players, you can disagree with me there. But you can, we can all agree that there are players in this league who have put together really good lines year after year after year but haven't won anything because they have tremendous flaws. And Randall is one of those guys where a lot of his stats are empty. So it's possible to be a good player, but not a winner at the same time. It is very, 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 very possible. And that is why I think it's important to, one, not just watch the games with your eyes, but two, you got to stop watching with so much infatuation towards your favorite players. Because you're never going to have a pure opinion that way. That was actually my biggest problem when Carmelo was here, believe it or not, is I watched trying to defend him and trying to look for ways to defend him because I was a big fan of him. I get that. I totally get it. Why people can be like that with Randall. Now, I used to be so diehard, so set on him and, and never being his fault. But now I kind of realize, yeah, maybe a little bit of it was on him. Like maybe he did have some big flaws. And the guy's about to go sign in with Taiwan, uh, with, with Dwight Howard and, and, and playing Thai, uh, Thailand or some shit. So, there, there you go. Anyway, we just got totally off topic. Bottom line, Randall, uh, egregious on both ends. Just stupid basketball. Um, the ridiculous jump throws returned, you know, when he's in the high post, just trying to make those stupid jump passes. Couldn't get to his spots at all. You know, the indecision when he gets to the rim. Just, it was bad. Uh, R.J. Barrett, same shit. Garbage. 
another garbage performance from R.J. Barrett. Scored 12 points and shot the usual 27% today. Will it get better? <laughs> is it a slump? Um, I'm not blaming the sickness, and anybody who does is probably younger than uh, than 20 years old. Maybe defenses are just adjusting to his game. The kid has zero jump shot. None. It's 2022. I wouldn't be too shocked if that was the case. It's such an easy, predictable thing. Leave him wide open. Because he's still going to miss that three in the corner. There's there's uh, there's a reason he's open. This idiot's talking to the media about he loves how he's left open. Because it's, it's easy money. Whatever he said. Come on, dude. I like you, but Jesus. But you know, he's getting to the rim a lot. He's getting to the line, generating contact. And uh, the kid has, star- has got to start finishing, too. I mean, I laugh because... He's not doing anything right right now. He's not even finishing. He's getting there, but we know he can play the bully ball. He's got to finish. He's not close to the rim. His touch is off. But to me, it starts with a jump shot. You don't got to be Steph. You don't need to be good. Just be average. Be slightly below average if you want. You know, like Giannis. Giannis isn't even average. He's, he's existent as a shooter, right? He occasionally can. Because if they don't respect your jumper, you're not going to be able to drive. Because defenses are just going to stuff the paint as soon as you put the ball on the floor. Be nice if we had an opportunity to trade him for a consistent shot maker. But I don't think that opportunity has arose yet. (laughs) No further comment. Leon Rose. Did anybody get that pun? All right. Um, yeah, no, I, do you bench him? I don't think the Knicks are going to bench him. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you just got to let him play through it and hope, pray, beg that he gets out of it. But just R.J. Barrett in general, I, I'm not – I just think he's a good player, and that's where it ends. I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's the face of the team. I just think he's a good role player on this team and not a star. He's not a number two. He's maybe a number three. Maybe. Maybe. At least Quentin Grimes looked good at the starting two-guard spot today. Ten points, five rebounds, eight assists, a block, and a team-high 30 minutes for Quentin Grimes tonight. He looked good. You know, he was moving very well out there. I want to talk more out of Grimes, uh, more about Grimes. Uh, right when we get back from break, stay with us. And we will be right there. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. On many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. <clears throat> All right. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, RJ. Episode 439. <clears throat> My neck. Um, yeah, Grimes. Grimes looked good. I keep wanting to say it was his first game back because the guy never plays, and I'm so confused as to what they're doing with him, but but he did look good. I thought he was moving around very well. Uh, he just looked like he was playing with a ton of confidence. There were no hes- there was no hesitancy with his shot. Very very quick decisions. He shot the ball right away when he got it. A couple of dribble moves maybe, catch and shoot, going coast to coast and laying it in. So he was getting to the basket. He was knocking down some shots off the dribble. That step back mid range was nice. Uh, he had himself a three point make. It was only one for five, but his jump shot does look very textbook. I love the look of it. I just hope that it starts falling because the Knicks sure as shit need some shooters. They need some knockdown shooters. And, you know, he is, you know, is going to have to work it. Hopefully he can start getting some big minutes now with Cam out. That's unfortunate. But, you know, it's him and Brunson. I'm hoping that they, you know, kind of develop a chemistry. They haven't played much together yet. So get some good spot-up looks from Brunson. Hopefully that can become a pair. Um, and he played good defense, I thought. Um, oh, but the eight assists. He also had eight assists. That was nice. I think that's more of an outlier, though, because he's not a guy who usually puts the ball on the floor. That's just he happened to have you know, a good assist game. Uh, but, yeah, he did play good defense, especially on Booker in the first half. Booker couldn't score on him. Booker only finished with 20 points, needed 17 attempts, shot just over 40%, so Grimes made him work. Uh, he does an excellent job off ball, too, trying to just fighting over screens. That's always been a strength of his. It's one thing I've noticed over the years, or since last year. Um, but it's going to be interesting for sure. It's going to be really intriguing to see how this works out. The starting wing spot, once Cam is healthy, you know. But see how frustrating this shit is? It's never a whole team. It's always one of them down. It's funny how it's working out right now. Right now it's paying off, but if there's ever a day when both of these guys are healthy, that's going to be interesting to see how that works. Um, Because Fournier's gone. See it, pal. If it wasn't obvious that Fournier is never going to see daylight again, if you watch today's, I mean, then I don't know. It's never going to be obvious for you. Today was the day that I told you that. He's done. He's toast. He's out. Uh, they're going to have to make a decision there because they just can't keep him. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad he's out. But, yeah, it's going to be, you know, Tibbs will probably just go back to a 10-man rotation once Cam is back. Uh, Deuce. Played today. Deuce McBride got 14 minutes. He looked good. Now, he only played because Derrick Rose went down with a leg injury. Uh, but he did look good. Four for six, nine points. His pull-up pull up mid-range shot looks nice. Plays that good point-of-attack defense. Uh, I wish he'd play more, man. I really do. But maybe now I'll get a chance to play. 
and prove himself while D-Rose sits out with another injury to his lower body. <laughs> um, Rose actually thought looked pretty good out there. Um, as a matter of fact, Derek Rose gets a bing-bong ball for while he was in there. Bing-bong! Yeah, I mean, he only played eight minutes, but he looked good when he was out there. That's how bad the Knicks were today, where Derrick Rose gets the uh, award off the bench. You know, His numbers, though, were actually good numbers. They affected the game because he was in there when the Knicks were still in it. Um, you know, what, what, is, what he does that Deuce McBride won't be able to do is apply a ton of pressure at the rim. That's what makes D-Rose so valuable because it opens up the spacing for the Knicks. But I am interested to see what we do there. But again, he starts to find a rhythm. He's been playing well this West Coast trip. And boom, just like that, we lose him. We lose Cam as he plays well. Both of them to injury. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is back. So that's a plus. But I thought he looked pretty bad out there trying to contain Aiton. Sims, too, struggled. Aiton finished 13-11-4. But Mitch is clearly not in basketball shape yet, and it's going to take him a few. Clearly. Obi looks god-awful recently. Don't remember the time the guy... I don't remember the last time uh, the guy made a basket. Hartenstein... Uh, you know my thoughts on him. I call him Cantor 2.0 for a reason. Walmart Cantor. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I gave him an award. He gets a bing-bong ball amongst the starters. Bing-bong! Yeah, I mean, uh, 27 points, 52% for Brunson. I thought he looked good, um, I guess. But there's, even him, there's a little too much ISO from him. A little too much trying to attack the paint and not really looking for other guys today. But all in all, you can't blame it on him. He was better than almost everybody else. He was better than everybody else. It was him and Grimes. Um, so I thought he looked good. Uh, it's whatever. <laughs> One more day is an expense. That's it. All right. <laughs> But, um, hey, listen, all in all, the Knicks went 2-2 two and two on this West Coast trip that many of us had them going 0-4 to start out. Let's be honest, you know, the way that first OKC game ended, a lot of Knicks fans are pessimistic heading into this road trip. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think most of us had them going 1-4. Maybe 0-5. No more than one win. But they have a chance. They still have a chance. Tuesday night. To wrap up this West Coast trip. With a winning record. And I think if you do that. You salvage it. And things look much better. Um, you're actually rematching OKC. You gotta go out there. And, and shut that shit down. Because I feel like if you lose this game, you're going to start hearing the Tibbs hot seat shit. You're going to start hearing 
questions about the Knicks and are they going in the right direction? Should they tank? All that bullshit's going to come up again, and you know my opinions there and about tanking, and you know what I think about the Tibbs thing. I, I'm not. I'm going to save you my spiel again. What just happened on the screen here? Whoopsies. That like that the the entire time. <laughs> Whoops. Let's fix that. Um. But yeah, let, let's let's wrap it up. Go to a break. Get back and end it with the uh, trivia question of the day. Um. So stay with us, and uh, we'll be right back and finish it off. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. I do want to go over our parlay. We did have a parlay. We didn't win, of course, because we never win. I actually had two today. I had one on the Knicks game, and then I had one on the Giants game before the Knicks game began. Let's talk about our Giants parlay. Alright, welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I hit, I'm sorry, if I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Tonight's big parlay, we had a plus 292 five picker, and um... Well, if you watched the game today, you know that it didn't hit. Did not cash. I have the Giants covering this spread. They were three and a half favorites today. Um, I had the alternate. I picked an alternate over under a 36 and a half. I believe that hit. I have the Giants scoring over one and a half touchdown. Um, that hit. Barkley over 54 and a half rushing. I don't think that hit. Then Jones over 149.5 passing. That definitely hit. But don't matter. You gotta go 5 for 5, and I did not do that, so we lose our plus 292. The Giants look like shit today. Holy shit, did they? <laughs> it sucks because I always work on Sundays. I've been working a lot. Uh, I've just recently stopped working Sundays because nobody golfs in the, in the winter. So I was home. And the one game I get to see, I barely have seen much from them this year. They they play like shit. So, you can blame me. Um, 
they had no shot. They never were going to win this game because I both bet on them and I was watching. So definitely blame me. Uh, let's wrap it up with our trivia. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I know. That was the, uh, accidentally forgot to switch to the garden keyboard. <laughs> that was the Yankees noise. All right, welcome back. Episode 439, our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day for this episode is... In 1979, 1980, which Nick scored a franchise high for points in a single season by a rookie? By Nick's rookie, that is. Sorry. In 1979-80, which Nick scored a franchise high for points in a single season by a Nick's rookie? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. All right, one more time. In 1979-80, which Nick scored a franchise high for points in a single season by a Nick's rookie? Oh, fucking worded that so poorly. <laughs> All right, guys. The Knicks lose eight and nine on the year. Hopefully, they can go back to nine and nine. Uh, I'm not about the tanking shit. You want to hear me rant on tanking? I think I talked about it a lot at the end of episode 438 or 437, the last Knicks episode that we did heading into this one. So, saving that because that pisses me off. You all know that. Gotta develop a culture and you gotta start winning somehow. And it's not by a coin flip. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into it. I'm not doing that. I'll see you guys. Thanks. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.